live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Almost nothing ever lives up to the hype. We all know that. Except the NCAA tournament. And the NCAA tournament always smashes the hype virtually every single year. And I don't think this year is going to be any different. Especially this year. Especially when you consider how wide ass open the field is. We've been talking about that for weeks. It's going to be madness, as it always is. It's going to be chaos, like it always is. And it's going to be incredible, like it always is. In four days, we are all going to be swimming in bracket dopamine. Unfortunately, though, if I'm starting at the very top of this wide-open tournament, it means I'm starting with Alabama. And nothing says top overall seed like Fresh capital murder indictments. Yeah, I said that too. You could say that they're in the right spot at the right time, but that would be incredibly tone deaf. Nearly as tone deaf as Nate Oates when Nate Oates said the exact opposite about Brandon Miller and the deadly weapon that he delivered to the scene of a deadly crime. There is no doubt that the tragedy in Tuscaloosa is the dark cloud that's going to hang over the entire tournament. And them continuing to play this guy, and all of them acting like nothing even happened, sure as hell not helping anybody or anything, or him mindlessly continuing to go with that absurd pat-down act during player intros, even after a single mother had been shot and killed with a gun that he delivered to the scene. And finally, he stopped doing that. Good thing, too, because that was one of the most insulting, ignorant things I've seen in quite some time. So, the fact that Alabama is the number one overall seed, given everything that's gone on off the floor, is pretty horrible. It just is. Unfortunately, you can't overlook what they've done On the floor. And there is no questioning. If you look at it from a pure basketball standpoint, which is what the committee did, they did the right thing in making them the top overall seed. As reprehensible as they've been off the floor, there's really no arguing that going into the dance, they are the ones to beat. They're the number one overall seed, and they are the ones to beat. Now, if you think I'm overstating how brutal this whole thing is, well, number one, you're wrong. I'm not. And then number two, obviously you did not see the SEC tourney in Nashville where the brainy Vanderbilt fans do what they do. They got clever with it. Awfully good academic institution, and they proved it by breaking out, quote, Brandon Killer chance. And Brandon Miller. Brandon Killer. But not to be outdone, some Bama fans showed up in personalized tees that read, and I quote, killing our way through the SEC in 23. It's a real thing. Some idiots actually did that. Killing our way through the SEC in 23. Stay classy, Bama fan. Then again, they're not wrong. They are killing it in 23. Both on and off the floor. Literally. And for some reason, some idiots find humor in that. It's like this entire situation is a race to the very bottom. It's like the tone-deaf Olympics. The point of March Madness is not supposed to be to identify the biggest jackasses. It's supposed to be about hoops. Unfortunately, when it comes to Alabama right now, it's hard to keep it about hoops. Thankfully, there are other worthy contenders and stories to follow on the one line. You know, like the fighting Kelvin Sampson's of Houston. The number two overall seed. Or the Big Ten champs, Purdue. Or the defending champs, Kansas. All of whom, while getting the number one seed, all have some legitimate concerns. However, at least none of them have capital murder charges. 
Of course, Jayhawk fan is pissed. Because almost everybody always is when the brackets drop. Jayhawk fan is pissed that Houston secured the number two overall seed. By the way, Vegas has Houston as a team to beat overall. But Jayhawk fan is pissed because they don't get to play in Kansas City. Hey, Jayhawk fan, why don't we just let you play every NCAA tournament game at Allen Fieldhouse at the Fog? Would that make you happy? Your coach just had a heart procedure. And you got hammered by Texas in the conference tourney. You're where you're supposed to be, and you're focused on the wrong thing. Now, listen, I'm no cardiologist. I just play one on the radio. But your bigger concern is not where they put you, but rather your coach's health, first and foremost, and then whether or not he can hold up under the pressure of the meat grinder that is the NCAA tournament, especially as the defending champs. Then again... At least you have a spot in the field. Unlike the team that you beat in the championship game last year. I mean, not that it was any surprise, but North Carolina, one year after playing in the championship game, a game they very well could have won, missed the tournament altogether. And it was a surprise to absolutely nobody. And Tar Heel fan, I don't want to pile on. Hate to do this to you, but your team just pulled off one of the most disastrous seasons In the history of college basketball, like all kinds of the wrong history, historic, but for the wrong reason. Oh, it is. It is, Braun. Not only did they make it to the championship game a year ago, but they returned four starters from that team. Not only did they make it to the championship game a year ago, they were the number one ranked team in the preseason. And despite all that, they somehow missed the NCAA tournament. And if it feels like that's never happened before, it's because that has never happened before. Of course, they said no to the NIT. No, no, no. I'd say that they're better than the NIT, and that's why they said no. But right now, they're not. They're not better than the NIT. You know why? You are what your invite says you are. And you received an invite to the NIT, not the NCAA tournament. Like I always say, and I didn't make this up, but I always say it. There is a better party, and we're not at it. Yeah, well, neither is North Carolina. And they're not at it because they weren't invited to it. And they don't deserve to be. The reason they said no to the NIT, to me, is it would have only reminded everybody for several more days and the rest of the world of what a disastrous campaign they had. And even winning that thing was not going to make that go away. Better just to say no and go to work. North Carolina got the better of Duke and Coach K in the Final Four last year in Coach K's big send-off. But, but, certainly Duke is Duke. And they proved it again over the last month. They're on TV more than Leave it to Beaver reruns. Certainly, Duke is Duke. And they just proved that Duke is Duke, even without Coach K. Certainly, Duke is Duke. And they just proved it, even without Coach K. It's certainly not to that extent. Maybe not that, but they are still Duke. Certainly, Duke is still Duke. And they are getting right at just the right time. Duke has not lost since February 11th. Duke just ran right through the ACC tourney like it was 1986 or 88 or 92 or 99 or 2000 or 01 or 02, 03, 05, 06 or 09 or 2010 or 11 or 17 or 19. Point is, certainly Duke is Duke. Certainly Duke is Duke. When the very least, Duke is not dead. Certainly Duke is Duke, and Duke is not dead. Looking good. Looking good. I like it. So at the start of the tournament, everybody is always looking for a Cinderella, a dark horse, a long shot, you know, that kind of underdog awesome run that makes March Madness March Madness. And I've been thinking about the Cinderella's, and I've got a few for you. Actually, I've got one for you. How about them gauchos? Yeah, because I was not going to get there. Do you have any idea how much discipline and restraint that I showed 
not to lead with that. How about them Gauchos? My UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. 27 wins back in the tourney. And what was that sound? Bobby, hit me with that again. That is the sound of some ecstatic Gauchos celebrating their big West championship. Their second tourney bid in three years. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents. That that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos. Flaky salt or fine art prints. All sorts of categories. Fashion, home and garden, health and beauty. Essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. My guy, Joe Pasternak, he's got them rolling. 27 wins. The Gauchos 127. Seven in a row rolling into the tournament. They were the regular season Big West co-champs, and they took down the Big West tourney over the weekend. Ask me, and I am somewhat biased, But I've watched this tournament for decades. I'm here to tell you, they are the most dangerous 14 seed in the history of the world. I said that too. The most dangerous 14 seed in the history of the world. Now, I know we, and notice I said we. Hey, Rome, you got any eligibility? Hey, Rome, are you on the bench? Hey, Rome, are you playing? What do you mean we? We... Are in tough with Baylor, a team that won it all not long ago, a three seed coming out of the super rugged Big 12. Just know this, Baylor fan. You need to deal with the Gauchos every bit as much as the Gauchos have to deal with you. We're no joke now. Not only had you best not sleep on us, we're no joke. I can't lie. I've already taken a giant chunk of my profits from the NFL season, and I have got crazy action already in the first round and this week. I have hit so many different games, so many different prop bets. Like, I am in deep already. And you know what? It feels awesome. How's it feel to you? Who do you like? Who is your sleeper? Who do you like? Who's your final four? Who got jammed? What are the early matchups that you like most? What's your reaction to any of it when it went down? Get the hell up in here. The big week is finally upon us. 1-800-636-8686. John Rostein will join me at the top of hour number two. Ross Tucker is coming up at 940. Reason for that. Lots of action in the NFL. A couple of major, major trades in the NFL. Free agency getting underway today, sort of. Like the legal tampering gets underway today. And then free agency really in effect come Wednesday. I've got some golf. Got a lot of things to get to. Let me, before I go to break, Albie, let me just check the reaction. Hey, Jim. March Madness. Love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. Mike in Buffalo helping him. Unwar Alabama never getting a charge on or in the court. Oh, no, there are charges. There are absolutely charges. Indictments, charges. Oh, no, that's the problem. Capital murder, to be specific. 
I'm just saying it is the dark cloud that's going to hang over the entire tournament. I can't separate the two, personally. But the selection committee had to, and from a pure basketball standpoint, to me, they're the ones to beat. Vegas has got Houston as the ones to beat. I'm going to say all of the number one seeds have legitimate concerns, but they should be number one. 1-800-636-8686. Here comes the gaucho fam at Rich Kane. Quote, the Cinderella I'm pulling for is the UCSB Mighty Gauchos War Character Heart. Every time we get in, Character Heart gets some love. Formerly great gaucho. John Reed, the fourth. I am riding the gauchos to a sweet 16 appearance this year. Let me tell you all something. You don't want that. The last thing you want is me on the air if the gauchos get to the sweet 16. Got to start somewhere. 27 wins. I know you want to clown them. I know you want to clown me. I know you want to clown our conference. Go right ahead. Bring it. I'm telling you, they're no joke. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody. The entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? And he is a very good friend of the program. He is back. Ross, what's going on? How are you? Jim, I'm fantastic. Coming off of a uh, five-day long weekend boys trip with my high school buddies, which is amazing. Although I do have a bone to pick with you. The Gauchos can't be the most dangerous 14 seed in the history. Well, maybe they are. But if they are, the Princeton Tigers, okay, are the most threatening 15 seed in the history of the Galaxy. Yeah, see, Ross, that's 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 no bone at all. It's both those things. And don't think for a second that I was not <laughs> going to start there, Ross. Don't think I was not going to start there because, yes, we will get to football, but the Gauchos are the fiercest 14 of all time, and Princeton is the dirtiest 15 of all time. How do you feel about your team's chances? Well, first of all, usually when, when Princeton's good like this, we used to be more like a 12 or a 13 seed. 15 seed against Arizona feels a little bit rough, but I'm pumped, man. It's, it's Thursday at, like, 4.45 p.m. Eastern time. My daughters will get home from school. We'll turn it on. Be fired up cheering my head off for kids I've never heard of and don't know anything about. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it really is funny, Jim. I love March Madness. I love the NCAA tournament. I don't know hardly any of these kids. I mean, you could put anybody in these uniforms and just tell me it's the kid from Syracuse or UNC, by the way, two teams not in the tournament, like our alma maters, Jim. <laughs> but you can put any kid in these uniforms. I I'm going to cheer him on. Like, I, I don't even know any of these kids' names other than Edie for Purdue, and I still love it. That That's part of the reason why it's so awesome, right? You don't know the kids. You may not know the program, but it's compelling. The format's incredible, and it never ever doesn't deliver it's awesome so good luck to your guys and my guys it's gonna be a blast ross tucker joining us ross so what about carolina and chicago they pull off that blockbuster on friday night let me first get your reaction to the trade and then as a follow what do you think the panthers end up doing with that pick well so i think the timing of it jim is the thing i think is most interesting right because if you're carolina and and i've seen some reports out there that they don't know for sure who they're going to take 
with number one overall pick, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that you would give up that much two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore and not know which guy that you want. Matt, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, if you're going to have that kind of assets that you give up, I hope you love one of these guys and know that you do. But I've talked with some people about it, and on some level, you know, the Bears are have a lot of money for free agency. They already signed TJ Edwards. They're looking at other guys. And if you're a team like Carolina and you have a position that the Bears really want, which is a wide receiver, maybe that was their competitive advantage over Indy at four or over Houston at two to be able to get the deal done. Maybe that's why they had to get the deal done now. So, Russ, for instance, if you are Carolina and you keep that pick, I mean, there's even that thought that, well, if they love more than one, they could trade down. But assuming they keep that pick, and I would assume they would, which of the quarterbacks do you like best? Who do you think they should take? I like Bryce Young. Now, you know, I've seen people say that they believe they're going to take C.J. Stroud, which is interesting, uh, from Ohio State. Obviously, Anthony Richardson has incredible physical ability. But, Jim, we've all watched Bryce Young play every game the last two years. He's awesome. I mean, has he ever had a bad game? Even when they lost a couple games, they still scored like 40 points. It wasn't his fault. Nick Saban's defense was terrible. Every game I've ever watched, he has an uncanny ability to make the right play at the right time for his team. They weren't even loaded around him offensively this year at receiver like they had been other years, and he still had an awesome season. I understand the concerns about his size. I get it, but I think the game's changed a lot. I mean, you know, people were worried about how thin Devontae Smith was when he won the Heisman and got drafted by the Eagles. He's a great player. I'm I'm, I'm not as concerned. 200 pounds is fine. So if you weighed 215, that, I, that would make that much of a difference. I'm not concerned about it. Bryce Young's my guy. Hmm. Ross Tucker joining us right now. Now, Ross, you and I have not talked since the Ravens hit Lamar Jackson with that non-exclusive franchise tag, this could go any number of ways. How do you see it playing out? Well, it's it's so interesting on so many levels, right? Because a lot of people are saying, well, how is there not more interest in Lamar? You know, the owners must be colluding. Look, there's no doubt in my mind the owners don't want to be doling out five-year fully guaranteed contracts. I, I get it. But remember this, okay? It was a year ago, Jim, when Deshaun Watson basically announced the Browns are out of it. Browns are out. He was going to go to Atlanta or New Orleans. The only reason why the Browns got back in is because the Browns were the only team willing to give them the fully guaranteed five-year deal. That's how the Browns got back into the conversation. So that stands the reason that they were the only team willing to do that because If Atlanta or New Orleans had been willing to do that, then he probably would have gone there. So I'm not shocked, especially with a guy with Lamar's injury history, that these teams don't want to give him $50 million a year for five years fully guaranteed. He's a terrific player. He's missed a bunch of games the last couple of years. That's a lot to give up. I mean, to give up two first-round picks, to pay a guy that much money, take on that risk for your organization – Look, as a fan, I probably would like it if my team did that, especially one of these teams that doesn't have a quarterback. But it's not my money. It's not my risk as the owner. Ross, I think everything you said is fair. I agree with you. But when you see these reports, and these teams were so quick to say, we're out, we're out, we're not interested, do you believe that? Do you believe all these teams that are quarterback needy that said we're out are in fact actually out? Well, that's the part I thought was weird about it. It, Not that they're not pursuing him, but that they went out of their way right away to say that they're not. And I know they didn't announce it publicly, but we all know how this works. We've been doing this a while, Jim, you longer than me. They tell a reporter they're not interested. and And I think they do that because they don't want to get the fan base all revved up with excitement like the commander's fan base is starting to be because they're thinking maybe their team is going to go after Lamar. I think these teams kind of wanted to nip it in the bud right away before the train got too far down the tracks among their fan base that, Hey, we could be the team that gets Lamar. Ross Tucker joining us. I think that in large part is definitely 
part of what's going on here. I just I don't buy that all these teams are so quick. To that point, Ross, not to belabor this, I understand not wanting to guarantee that much money for five years. What I don't understand is, now I'm not talking to that guy at all. I have no interest. We're not doing that. We're not even going to pick up the phone, but we don't know exactly what is going on. Ross, what about the deal that the Rams made with Miami? Jalen Ramsey going to Miami for a third rounder and tied in Hunter Long. Certainly the Rams, and it was a few years back, gave up a hell of a lot more to get him, and it paid off. They got their ring. What do you make of this deal, and then where does that leave Miami? Well, so obviously the Rams now are in kind of a rebuild. I think they have 11 or 12 draft picks now, which is so funny because their motto when they won the the ring a couple years ago was F them picks, and now they're stockpiling them picks. (laughs) Uh, They've done a total 180, which makes sense with where they're at. I always wonder, though, in situations like that, Jim, like, What's Aaron Donald thinking right now or Cooper cup or even to some level, Matthew Stafford. I mean, these guys have no only known, Hey, we're all in we're trying to win this year. And now they're part of kind of a, a rebuild, which by the way, the dolphins are the exact opposite. The dolphins are realizing, you know what? We got Tua relatively on the cheap for the next two years. Cause they picked up that fifth year option. This is the time. This is the window. We saw that with the Eagles this past year. The Eagles team, their roster was loaded. And you can only really do that when you have a quarterback making the money that Jalen Hurts was. The Dolphins, I think, realized they have basically a two-year window under Tua, two years with Tua, to try to go all the way or at least get to the Super Bowl like the Eagles did. And they're being aggressive. I love it. You know what I wonder? When you said you wonder what guys like Aaron Donald or Matthew Stafford or Cooper Cup are thinking, I'll tell you what I'd be thinking. Either I'm going to retire or they might move me too. Bobby Wagner's gone and Jalen Ramsey's gone. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they would trade Cooper Cup or Donald, maybe Stafford, but do you think they might? Well, Les Need came out and, and called those guys, you know, stability walls or whatever he said in terms of the rebuild like those are guys that that we're keeping here um I think anything's on the table right now for the Rams I really do now I think Cup is so good and Donald's so good and they're still young enough that the Rams probably feel like hey even if it takes us till 2024 to be in contention again those guys can still be a big part of it but I think anything's on the table and I I I think those guys, you know, the good situation for them is they both got new contracts relatively recently. Because if they hadn't, they'd probably be saying, I want to go somewhere else and I want to make more money or I want to go somewhere else where I have a better chance to compete. We are talking to Ross Tucker for another moment or two. Hey, Ross, what about Derek Carr? I mean, you saw his introductory presser. He said all the right things about the Raiders. I think that he meant all the things he said about the Raiders, but he admitted he's got a chip on his shoulder because of the way things went down with Vegas. Given how lame the NFC South is right now, how confident are you that he can jumpstart his career in New Orleans? Yeah, I kind of love this move for the Saints. I really do. I mean, first of all, I think Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen are both probably on some level on the hot seat just based on what's happened with the Saints the last couple of years. Sean Payton's not there anymore. They need to make sure they're able to have a successful season this year. So you go out and immediately get the best quarterback in the division. I'm looking at the Saints right now, and you know we'll see what happens with Atlanta. Maybe they just go with Ritter. You know, the Bucks reportedly interested in Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett. I mean, at this point, I still think the Saints not only have the best quarterback in the division, I think they have the best team in the division. If that's the case, man, you win a division, you get a home playoff game, you're not getting fired after that. So I like it. I, I like the fact that the Saints were aggressive to get Carr. I'm a little bit surprised that some of these other teams weren't. Hey, Ross, quickly, are you going to bet your guys when they go up against Arizona, or are you just going to lay out and enjoy the game? <laughs> uh, you know what? I haven't even looked at the spread yet, so I need to. That's one where I try to find um, I try to find like an Arizona alum and get more points than are actually, <laughs> you know, that, that they're actually offering in Vegas, right? To try to see if I can do it that way. Uh, man, that would be amazing if they're, you know, we, I give them a chance. Our, our best kid, a kid from England, is good. 
So it'll be awesome. I hope they can win. But Arizona, we know how talented they are every year, forever. Ross, 14 and a half is the spread. So I would use that Ivy League education of yours. Find some drunk Arizona fan and get them to give you 18 or 19. And then you pull the trigger. <laughs> Great having you, Ross. Thank you so uh, much, maybe man. I'll just reach out to Gronk. Gronk would probably be up for it. <laughs> Here no, you I'll go. tell you right now, though, I like Princeton getting the 14 and a half. All right. We know the way Princeton plays. I know their coach. He was there when I was there. They're going to be able to keep that close against Arizona. Take the Tigers in the 14 and a half. And I take like the Gauchos it. to however many they're getting, too. You got it's it, Ross. It's the Tucker-Rome special. You Parlay that together. We're out of here, Ross. That's the end of the hour. It's a hard out. Appreciate it. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Again, Miami, if Tua is right, they're a legitimate contender for a championship right now. Legitimately, if Tua is right. We've seen how well Tua played when he was right. We were talking about him as an MVP candidate. If he's right, and that's a big if. So right now, the only quarterbacks on the Jets roster are the Coug Hunter and Chris Treveller. All right, so the fact that Jimmy G is going to the Raiders, reportedly, that's another fallback plan that the Jets no longer have if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. So Derek Carr is out. Jimmy G is out. I mean, the Jets must know, right? They have to know that Aaron's coming. There have been reports also that the parameters of a deal are pretty well set. It's just a matter of Aaron signing off on it, and Aaron hasn't done that yet. You know, it'd be incredible if he just ripped the rug and decided, now I'm good. I'm going to retire. Where would that leave the Jets? What if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers? The Jets are on record, all right? They let Derek Carr get away. They let Jimmy G get away. I'm not saying either one of these guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Well, actually, the Jets are. The Jets said that Derek Carr was going to the Hall of Fame and on the first ballot. But the fact that you missed on them What if for some reason, and I don't think it will, I think Aaron's headed there, but what if for some reason something happened and he didn't go? Who are they left with now? Now you're you're down in, I want to be careful how I say this, now you're swimming with the likes of Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. You're on record as saying we're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away. This is why we're waiting for Aaron Rodgers. We are a quarterback away. What what Jacoby Brissett goes in that conversation? What if for whatever reason, Aaron just kind of went Aaron and did the exact opposite of what you'd expect? Or Aaron's not feeling it. I mean, I don't know. Man, that'd be so incredible. If the Jets are on record as saying we're a quarterback away and they let all these guys, Carson Wentz, go ahead and put him in there too because that would go so well. If for whatever reason, and it's a big if because I don't see it happening, but part of me wants it to happen. Can you imagine the bleep show the Jets would be if they don't get Aaron? Then if you're on record as saying we're a quarterback away, you got to get Lamar, right? You have to. I'm just saying, I'm prefacing all of this by saying, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think they will. I'm just saying that's another fallback plan that's no longer a plan B. Jimmy G is off the market. This is getting more and more interesting. So that just in, Shefty reports, Raiders give Jimmy Garoppolo a three-year, $67.5 million deal. Hey, Raider fan, how's that feel? You know what you get with Jimmy G, right? You get a guy who, if he has enough around him, can win. And can win pretty big. You get a guy who can get you to a Super Bowl. You have a guy that's going to win games. And a guy that probably is going to get hurt. But has an amazing jawline. Give him that. So, Raider fan reaction. You didn't want Carr. 
you end up with Garoppolo. Speaking of, 1-800-636-8686. Rich Kane writes, when Matt in L.A. first started coming around, he was a dog with fleas. But you know what? He has improved every year. He's no longer a mutt. He's actually really good. I've done a 180 on this guy. I don't think that anybody's ever said that about Matt other than me. Hey, Matt, now there's two. Me and Kane. Kane and I. Because mostly it's like this. Hey, Van Sizzle. World Baseball Classic Talk? Nice take, Matt. We got the big dance, NFL signings, and every other sport on earth to talk about, bro. Andy from Denver. And finally, at Mets Bets writes, Romulus, I've had your back since. Sir Mix-a-Lot, baby got. But I digress. I can't find the badminton championship anywhere. How do they expect a sport to grow if I can't find it on the Ocho alternate? Outro, yours, Mutt. Outro. So not everybody's done a 180 on Mutt. More quarterback movement. At McLean on NFL tweets, the Texans have agreed to sign Case Keenum to a two-year contract as their backup quarterback behind the second overall pick in the draft. The deal can't become official until the start of free agency on Wednesday. So who do the Texans end up with? I don't know. What's Carolina going to do with the first pick? Who do they take or do they not keep the pick? We'll wait and see. 1-800-636-8686. So, Dolphin fan, I've said this before, so let me say it again right now. I love what your team is doing. I mean, I love it. Like, damn. Look at the Dolphins. Look how active they are. You want to talk about aggressive. Talk about a team going all in and all out. They proved it last season when they were serious about putting themselves in a position to make a deep run in the postseason when they made that deal for Tyreek Hill. And they've carried the same exact mindset into the offseason. First, they went out and they hired arguably, arguably the best defense coordinator of this generation in Vic Fangio. He is that good. Now they're giving him one of the better cornerbacks of this generation in Jalen Ramsey. The trade officially, like the others, can't go down until Wednesday when the football season officially begins the football year but according to multiple reports it's already a done deal the Rams are sending Ramsey to South Beach and only getting a third round pick and some cat named Hunter Long in return Hunter my dude no offense but to me that's a no-brainer and a great deal for the Dolphins and in fact an absolute steal you want to talk about a big move this is it The Dolphins just added one of the best cornerbacks in football to address their biggest area of need. And yes, haters, Ramsey is still that. One of the best corners in the game. I know he's not coming off a great year. I know in a lot of ways for him, it's not a good year at all. Why do you think the Rams didn't get more for him than they did? But again, the guy's only 28. He's got a big chip on his shoulder now. And they can line him up on the other side of Xavier Howard. And they've got a stud in Javon Holland, who's only 23 back there as well. So you give Fangio all this to work with on the back end, and suddenly the Dolphins have one of the best cornerback tandems and one of the best secondaries in the entire league. And you need that in that division, and you need that in that conference where they're going to see quality quarterback play all year long, especially if Aaron Rodgers does end up going to the Jets. And back to Fangio. He is that good. This dude's had a top three scoring defense in every one of his three stops since 2011. And while he's worked with some good corners over the past decade or so, I'm going to say that he probably has never had one as elite as Ramsey. As an example, because a lot of you are down on Ramsey. Since the league, or since he entered the league in 2016, he's had the highest PFF grade, highest PFF coverage grade, and highest PFF run defense grade among corners. In short, the guy can still do everything. An all-around, tough, physical cornerback, 
and a future Hall of Famer and a guy that can do everything that is required of that position. And yes, that defense was pretty porous last season. But suddenly, it's looking really buttoned up and they're starting to catch up to their explosive offense. Now, the big if, of course, is if two is healthy, if two is on the field. Because, yes, they're going to pick him up or pick up that fifth-year option, which means they still have flexibility. They can still take advantage of that, and they can still add to it. And, again, when he did play under Mike McDaniels, he was a legit NFL MVP until Week 14. Hell, they were the number one pass offense in football when he played. They still led the league in passer rating and yards per attempt, even with him missing time. So, yes, there is a concern. We know about him being in the protocol for a long time. We know about the concussions he has suffered. But what we also know that people are forgetting is that when he is healthy, he makes them a legitimate Lombardi contender based on who they have around him. So I think Chris Greer's done a great job. Props to the GM for maximizing that salary cap window while he's got two on that rookie deal and by taking Jalen Ramsey's salary on. He's all in. They're all in for a second consecutive offseason after they made that trade for the Cheetah last year. And this trade, some of you are trying to down downplay this and badmouth the trade it got the attention of the NFL though including the attention of one all-world baller in Michael Parsons who tweeted and I quote man WTF NVM so he obviously thinks that's a major move to which Tyreek Hill aka at Cheetah responded by tweeting quote Stop all the crying, bro. That's what Tyreek Hill tweeted. Stop all the crying, bro. So that brings me back to the Rams and the F them pick strategy. Of course, the bill is coming due now. They paid a large amount of it in moving Ramsey and his big contract. Yes, it was a salary dump. And Rams fan, you had to know this was coming. And that might not be the end of that. There might be more where that came from. I don't personally have an issue with that. Les Snead and the Rams are catching some heat for it. But the F them pick strategy did work. It did. They pushed every single chip to the center of the table and not only hosted a Super Bowl, but won a Super Bowl. It was brass as hell, and it worked, and it was worth it. But yes, the bill is coming due right now, and they've got to rebuild it or recoup some of the draft capital that they lost, that they moved in order to get the trophy. It's fine. But they won five games last year. You can't run that back. Not with the same crew. And yes, I thought they'd get more for Ramsey than they did. But again, Snead had a plan for winning it all, and it worked. And now I want to see his plan for rebuilding it all. They've already moved Jalen Ramsey. They no longer have Bobby Wagner. Now what? And yes, clones, per usual, I know how your mind works. Hunter Long sounds like a porn star. He's not. He's a tight end. Yeah, beef. Yeah, butthead. I see the Rams working. Maybe when they move Matt Stafford... They can get a second rounder and some third string linebacker named Fred Cyclops. I'll give you clones what you want. Maybe when they offload Aaron Donald, I wonder, will they get a package including a first rounder and a backup fullback named, I don't know, Henry Cobra? Hopefully, if they trade Cooper Cup, they can do better than a first and a third and a long snapper named Willie Pumper. And have whoever they trade Cup to throw in Jack Sock. You good? 
He is John Rothstein. John, what's going on? How are you? Never better, Jim. Great to be with you. This is March. This is March. You know it. So, John, really quickly, every year this time, somebody comes out of Selection Sunday. Somebody is bent every year, no matter. This year is no different. Generally speaking, how do you think the committee did, though, this time around? Really, really well. You know, I had 67 of the 68 teams in the bracket correctly. The one team that I did not obviously get correctly was Rutgers. I had Rutgers in and Nevada out, but no real complaints from my perspective with the way the bracket came out in the NCAA tournament. I think there are a couple of things to keep an eye on. First off, when you look at Houston in the Midwest region, which we'll get to the names of my regions in a second, but that is the region of guard play. You have a situation, if you're Kelvin Sampson and the Cougars, where if you win your first game, you could be facing a game in the round of 32 against Auburn in Birmingham. That is the equivalent of playing a road game to get to the second weekend. And another thing that, again, I don't think got a lot of attention was the fact that Duke, who is the five seed in the East region, which I'm calling the region of misdirection is in a situation where if it can beat Oral Roberts and beat a deflated Tennessee team who just lost to Kai Ziegler, their point guard in the past couple of weeks, Duke could go to Madison Square Garden for the Sweet 16. Cameron Indoor Stadium North, Jim, you better believe it. No, no doubt about that, John. But then Oral Roberts is no joke, and Duke is red hot. John Rothstein joining us. John, go back to Houston for a minute. They're a one seed, and they've got a chance to play for a natty in their hometown. You're right. Early on, the committee did them no favors. But there is the question of Marcus Sasser's health. What is his status, and do you see them making a deep run if he's not near 100%? If he's not near 100%, I think they'll be tested against either Iowa or Auburn in the round of 32. I spoke to the Houston staff this morning. I got no indication whatsoever that there would be a major issue for Marcus Sasser. I'm going to monitor that, obviously, as we get closer to the first round of the NCAA tournament. But we are looking at a scenario, though, this year, Jim, with certain teams in the bracket where it's a Final Four or bust-type scenario. Now, what do I mean by that? Houston has its most talented team under Kelvin Sampson. The Final Four is in Houston. Anything less than an appearance in the Final Four will be a disappointment for the Cougars. Look at Purdue. Purdue has the most dominant force that I've ever covered at the center position in college basketball in Zach Eady, who more and more looks like a collegiate version of Yao Ming with the way that he can carve out space on the low block. But let's look at the landscape of college basketball. It's as wide open as it's been in the last several years. And Jim, think about the heartache that Purdue's basketball program has endured over the last half decade. In 2018, you have a team that's good enough to go to a Final Four. Isaac Haas suffers an elbow injury. You lose to Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. 2019, you have a lead in hand late against the Virginia Cavaliers in the Elite Eight. We know what happened there. Purdue loses in overtime. Virginia goes on and wins a national championship. Then last year, you have a team with Zach Eady, with Travion Williams, with Jaden Ivey, a lottery pick, and you lose to St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. Given the fact they have Zach Eady, given the fact that Purdue hasn't been to a Final Four since 1980, Purdue, like Houston, in a Final Four or bust type scenario. No doubt. Final Four or bust, especially for Purdue. John Rothstein joining us. John, what about the defending champs, Kansas? They're a one. They did get hammered by Texas in the Big 12 tourney. They've lost to the Longhorns twice, in fact, in the past week. Then you've got Bill Self, who was out due to that medical procedure. He is expected back. What are you expecting from the Jayhawks this time around? Well, that is a loaded region out west, and I have called it the region of brands because, Jim, think about the top seeds in the west region. Kansas, one seed, defending national champion. UCLA, two seed. Their brand speaks for itself. Gonzaga's the three, UConn's the four. All four of the top seeds in the West region have played in the Final Four in the last decade. Therefore, the the West region, the region of brands. Hmm. John Rothstein joining us. John, I had UCLA a couple of weeks back now, but I hit them to win the whole thing. And then, of course, you have the season-ending Achilles injury to Jalen Clark. How devastating a loss is that for them? And can they still make a deep run as a two out of the West without him? UCLA doesn't have what it had but it still has enough to get to a Final Four if Adem Bona is back as UCLA starting center. And Jim, I got to tell you, 
I came away after watching Saturday night's Pac-12 tournament title game against Arizona more impressed with UCLA than I did Arizona because think about the logistics. UCLA did not have, obviously, Jalen Clark or Dambona. The two five men for UCLA, Kenny Nwuba and Mac Etienne, were fouled out of the game with six or seven minutes left. And the Bruins still should have won the game. They had a terrible night offensively. David Singleton didn't score a point in the game. Mick Cronin proved in that game that, again, UCLA is going to be a player in this thing, regardless of whether or not it's at full strength. And I stand by what I said. If you have a Dambona back at the five to anchor that defense, UCLA still has enough to go to a Final Four for the second time in three years. I like hearing that from you, John. I like hearing that from you, and I agree with you. They're not what they were a couple of weeks back, but they might be enough to get to that Final Four. So, John, what about a Cinderella? Everybody's always looking for a Cinderella. Do you see one or two this year that you'd point out? Well, I define Cinderella's into two different layers. Do we want an off-the-radar power conference team that can make a run, or do you want a traditional Cinderella from a mid-major conference? Yes, Okay, well, let's go with Furman, okay, out of the region of opportunity. Furman's going to be matched up with Virginia. Virginia's complete dynamic changed, okay, when Ben Vanderplas was lost for the season. Now, why does that change Virginia without Ben Vanderplas? Now, all of a sudden, Virginia does not have somebody in the front court that can step out and go over the top of defenses. This really hurt them against Duke in the ACC tournament. And if you have not watched Furman over the last couple of years, you are missing one of the great offensive mid-major programs in America. Furman became a team on the map. In the fall of 2018, when they won a bye game at Villanova after Villanova won the national championship, they have a dynamic guard in Mike Bothwell, a terrific coach in Bob Ritchie. Furman is one to keep an eye on against Virginia in the round of 64. By the way, I already bet them for the first round. I agree with you, John Rothstein, breaking it all down. Hey, John, what do you make of the job that Penny Hardaway did with Memphis this season, and do you see them doing any damage this month? Far and away the best coaching job that Penny Hardaway has done since he's taken the Memphis job. You know, we have seen so much talent go through Memphis the past couple of years. James Wiseman, Precious Achua, so many different players who came in with such pedigree in terms of high school recruiting and what they were ranked. Memphis does not have as much talent as it's had in previous years under Penny Hardaway, but that doesn't matter because this is a better basketball team. Achua, Jalen Duran. James Wiseman all obviously came with massive, massive expectations. But the combination of the experience and the nastiness of DeAndre Williams up front has been really, really impressive for Memphis. And one thing I always look at as soon as the bracket comes out is what vulnerable top seed could have a difficult game in the round of 32. Purdue's two freshman guards, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, have struggled with pressure for the last month. We saw it down the stretch in the Big Ten tournament title game on CBS against Penn State. Memphis, if it can get by Florida Atlantic, could really pose a difficult matchup for Purdue in the round of 32. And that would be disastrous for Purdue if it were to go that way. Hey, John, I know you well enough to know you will tell me what I need to hear as opposed to what I want to hear. I would take it no other way. But what do you think about my 14th seeded UCSB Gauchos? How tough are they in against a three seed in Baylor coming out of the rugged, rugged Big 12? They're pushing a boulder up a hill, and I'm going to tell you why. If you are going to be in a situation where you are going to upset a power conference team, you need to have all hands on deck. Now, one thing that a lot of people aren't really as privy to is that Santa Barbara's depth took a major hit in the past couple of weeks because two key pieces, Ajari Sani and Coat Keat, are out for the season. It's going to be really difficult for Joe Pasternak to go blow for blow with a Baylor team that I think is good enough to get to a Final Four, even though they come in with back-to-back losses to Iowa State. But here's another thing. Santa Barbara has one of the best guards in the tournament that nobody knows about in A.J. Mitchell. Averaged 24 points per game in the Big West tournament. And Santa Barbara also has several players who were recruited to play at the high major level at a high school. Look at the front court for the Gauchos. Miles Norris started his career at Oregon. Andre Kelly started his career at Cal. And Josh Pierre-Louis on the wing started his career at Temple. 
The Gauchos won't be intimidated, but I think it's going to be a really, really tall task to ask them to beat Baylor without two key pieces who they lost in the last month, the Jari Sani and Coach Keat. You are a machine, John Rothstein. Before I let you go, I know you're dialed in also to the coaching carousel. Georgetown needs a coach. St. John's needs a coach. Texas Tech needs a coach. And seemingly, they're all looking at Rick Patino. Do you think that Patino will take one of those gigs? And if so, which one? Rick Pitino is obviously going to coach Iona through this week. And then, you know, we're going to see what transpires after that. You know, there is serious, serious desperation right now for St. John's to go and hire Rick Pitino. And out of the three schools you've mentioned, that's the one that makes the most sense and aligns in the most sense. But I'll say this, Jim. When you think about the fact that St. John's has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2000, and you think about the fact that that's 23 years ago. Well, how long ago is that? Jay Wright was still the head coach at Hofstra. Rick Pitino being hired at St. John's could have the same type of impact in the Big East and New York City landscape as we saw in the early 90s when Pat Riley was hired by the New York Knicks. Right now, I know Texas Tech has shown interest in Rick Pitino. I know he's been linked to Georgetown, but I can tell you this. I expect discussions to be expedited whenever Iona is done playing. But before we get to that, Jim, Iona has to play against UConn in Albany later this week in a dream matchup in the round of 64. Dan Hurley has done an incredible job building UConn's program, but the Huskies in the last two years have not advanced out of the first round of the NCAA tournament. They lost to Maryland two years ago. They lost to New Mexico State last year. So there has been a buildup in UConn's program, which is again among the nation's elite, just to get through the round of 64. Well, who is standing in your way in the round of 64? Pound for pound, inch for inch, the best coach in the sport in Rick Pitino. You know, Jim, where I come from, you just reach for your good friend, John Daniels. I'm telling you, John, if I were St. John's, I would do everything in my power to get Rick Pitino. Even at 70, the guy's still great. He's got energy. He can still get the job done. I would do everything I could. One last thought. You mentioned the Hurley family. John, I talked to Bobby Hurley uh, a couple of weeks back from my podcast, and Arizona State had that huge half-court shot to beat Arizona. Where do you think Bobby's head's at? Do you think this is where he wants? He told me, I'm great. I love it here. My family loves it here. Everything's fine. Do you feel like that's the case, or do you think that maybe he might be looking or somebody might be looking for him? Well, it's time for Arizona State to understand, obviously, what it has. I mean, Arizona State is going to play in the NCAA tournament for the third time since 2018 under Bobby Hurley. This is obviously a program that's never been synonymous from a basketball perspective with Arizona and UCLA. And we've seen Arizona State really be rallied right now by the former Duke point guard. And here's the ironic thing. You have Arizona State now, Jim, coming into Dayton for the third time under Bobby Hurley. They're one and one in the first four. They're going to play Nevada coming up here in Dayton this week. That is an experienced team in the first four. It's an experienced program in the first four. And again, it's become a consistent threat for the NCAA tournament under Bobby Hurley. So, John, who do you have cutting down the nets when it's all said and done? I've got Alabama. I've got Alabama over Gonzaga in the national title game, and I've got Texas and Duke rounding out the Final Four. Mm, that should be awesome. He is a CBS Sports college basketball insider. It is indeed March. John Rothstein doing what he does this time of year and always. John, appreciate you so much. Great hit. Thank you for doing that. Thanks, Jim. We sleep in May. Alexi, good to have you, Alexi. How are you? Louis, Jim, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I always love listening to you, longtime listener. Here. Thank you so much, dude. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm actually going to keep us on topic here. We won't go WBC. We'll go March Madness. I'm. A, I'm a college basketball guru. I love watching college basketball. It's the best time of the year, as you mentioned. Watch out for this team. I got a little sleeper here for you, Drake, the Drake Bulldogs out of the Missouri Valley. This is a 12 seed. They've won 16 of their last 18 games. Their conference championship game, they won by nearly 30 points against a really good Bradley team. Look, they get a team in Miami who won the ACC. They won. Co-champion, you can call whatever they want. They, they played there with Virginia. This Drake team, watch out for them. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog in this tournament. Vegas has this line set at two-and-a-half. What is that telling you right now? This Drake team can win. I believe they're going to go on a run. They've got a bunch of 24-, 25-year-old senior-led team who's been here before. I think they're going to go on a run. I have them actually going past the Sweet 16. Going to be a tough matchup against Houston, but I just love this team. 
If you don't know his name right now, Tucker DeVries, sophomore guard, averages 19 points a game. He's going to take over. Love this Drake team. Uh, well coached, very efficient on offense, and they can hit free throws, which you need in the tournament. So watch out for Drake, one of my favorite sleepers and underdog plays. My man, nice job, Alexi. And by the way, I've already hit that game. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Everything you've earned doubled. The cash back from trips, restaurants, all doubled. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Discover.com slash match. Also, remember, Monday is an ATP day. Ask the Pros brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You want to go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit a question there and listen later on. I might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Why don't we take some telephone calls? Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to L.A. Matt in L.A. Matt, what's going on? Jimenez Romero, not to be confused with Pedro Guerrero. Hey, good show, dude. Since the days of Whitey Sturaj, since Denny Nagel would come in the jungle with his locomotive train hand whistle, your boy Matt in L.A.'s had your back, pimp. And since 2006, when the Olympics chose golf and table tennis over baseball, other than soccer, and basketball, baseball is a sport beloved around the globe, pimp. I've had the World Baseball Classics back. So this weekend, as the 2023 WBC hit its stride, your boy Matt in L.A. was watching the U.S. and Mexico squads split the weekend, as well as a multitude of L.A. Dodger representation on numerous squads. But my biggest gripe is that these games are so damn hard to find on cable TV. I mean, luckily, I do have FS1 and FS2, but I shouldn't have to channel surf into the 200 channels to find championship-level baseball with players representing their flags and their heritage. Hey, yo, Big Fox, how about you shelf the Masked Singer or the Bachelor or TMZ Live and give us the WBC action we need? The WBC shouldn't be harder to find on TV than Mark in Hollywood as barista number three or guy in bar or whatever the hell non-talking role that loser extra is taking these days. That's all I got, Jimmy. Or Cynthia X-Lax dropping a modium AD into Jack Savage's morning latte. Or DA and his giant mouth being cast as Bowser by Cuspids in Hollywood's Shanana reboot. Outro. <laughs> rack him rack him so if i just said rack him the one thing that you wanted to have happen did not happen you know if you're in the burg you don't wait you go right to the front of the line here johnny in pittsburgh good to have you johnny what's up hey first time jim um love that you bumped me up i just got i don't have a prescript to take i'm driving but i i, I got a an, good a dude good on, yeah sweet so Jimmy G, and you have the numbers in front of you. I'm not a stat geek. All that dude does is win. He's got to have a 70% winning completion, right, in his pro career? Yeah, he wins. I mean, this is – let me jump in, Johnny. He wins. I'm not, I'm not here to denigrate Jimmy G. We know what he is. He's a good quarterback. And if you put him in the right situation and you surround him with the right talent, he will win you games in the right system. Started out quickly in New England, went to the 49ers, and he won a hell of a lot of football games for them. So what's he going to get done, though, in Vegas? Let's go to Fayetteville. Garrett in Fayetteville. Garrett, good to have you. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Jim? I just want to give my take on Jimmy G headed out to Vegas. Finally, he's up underneath the dark cloud that was San Francisco. He gets squeezed out by Trey Lance. He had a good year. He gets himself a new contract. But I think we all know why he accepted a deal in Vegas. Jimmy G, Hugh Hefner Jr., he's going to be doing a lot of film study outside 
of the facility there in Vegas. And really, he's going to a place where he will be continued to be owned by the GOAT, the greatest, Patrick Mahomes, the man who disheveled this man's confidence, ruined his career as a 49er. And now, for the rest of his time as a starter in the NFL, he can happily lose, cover himself up in scuzz in Las Vegas, and just ride off into the sunset as Jimmy G. Hey, Gary, let me ask you something, though. How does one dishevel somebody else's confidence? They don't. That is improper use of the word dishevel. A good word, but improperly used. James Kelly wouldn't even try that. Anyway, he that's a Kansas City fan saying, whatever. Jimmy G, go to Vegas. Have fun. Be Hugh Hefner Jr. Good night now!